prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Austin Butler, from Tarantino to Elvis to Dune. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz, and welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Speaking to you today from across the pond, I'm in merry old England, a brisk, cool winter's day in London. Um, I'm here for Avatar, guys, so uh, I'm very excited. As you guys know by now, I'm a big old Avatar head, Avatar nut, Avatar guy. What do you, what do they, what do you call an Avatar pers- uh, fan? A person, a human being, because it's... The biggest movie of all time. Anyway, I'm here for Avatar. I'm going to be at the uh, world premiere. I'm doing an interview for MTV. And I may just be doing a podcast for Happy, Sad, Confused coming very soon. So more to come on that front. Um, as well as some exciting live events coming up in New York City. Some reminders for you guys. December 8th, just a couple days away. Kumail Nanjiani. Come on out, guys. We are talking all things Marvel, Star Wars, and his new limited series on Hulu, Welcome to Chippendales. It's going to be a blast. Tickets are available right now. All the info is in the, in the show notes. Plus, we've got James Corden. We have announced that. Very excited to talk to James for the very first time on December 16th. He has a new series called Mammals. We'll be talking about that and also about the end of his, his late night run. Uh, next year is his last season as the host of The Late Late Show. So a lot to discuss with James. Uh, and then we're rounding out December with a big one, a doozy. Daniel Craig, December 19th at 92NY. We're going to screen Glass Onion on the big screen and then have a big old career chat with a uh, a insanely talented leading man, 007 himself. I am so stoked for this one. Uh, it's going to be a blast. So all the information on all our live events is in the show notes. Um, if you want some discount codes, sign up to our Patreon, patreon.com slash happy, sad, confused. Okay, let's talk the main event. Austin Butler, guys. Um, this is one of those exciting conversations where you talk to an actor where it's just all coming together at the right time. Uh, and it certainly is for Austin. He is, of course, the leading man in Elvis, which is the film that came out, I guess, over the summer, but is still going strong and is very much now in the awards hunt. I would be shocked if Austin does not get an Oscar nomination. I would not be shocked, by the way, if he even wins. Uh, some hefty competition in there and Brendan Fraser and Colin Farrell and others, but uh, Austin's got as good a shot as any and uh, well-deserved. He is amazing as Elvis. It is a transformative role. Uh, we know the Academy loves music biopics, but um, forget all that. This is just a great performance from a talented young actor who's finding his groove. He is working with the best filmmakers on the planet, whether it's Jeff Nichols right now. He's filming a movie right now with Jeff uh, of Take Shelter and um, Mud fame. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, of course, on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, and then... And then the likes of Kari Fukunaga on the small screen. That's going to be a project coming later uh, next year. Denis Villeneuve, he has just wrapped on the second Dune film. And yes, if you know me at all, we dig into Dune. Uh, and of course, Baz Luhrmann on this, uh, 
on this latest endeavor, Elvis. So there was a lot to discuss with Austin. He's somebody that, um, an, another person who like, I got to kind of like go on the ride with a little bit and have known for a number of years and talk to him about um, much different kinds of projects. And it's just so exciting to see him get all his well-deserved um, accolades right now. And he seems to be enjoying the moment, but he's also burying his head in the work, which is um, very cool. So let's get right to it. Uh, I should say for context, this was really sweet of Austin. He took time out from a very busy schedule. He had just shot a long day on his new movie, uh, The Bike Riders with Jeff Nichols, and um, was kind enough to join me from his cold Cincinnati um, uh, hotel room house, whatever he's renting over there. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you haven't checked out Elvis, it is available right now on HBO Max. And um, yeah, enjoy this catch up. Me and Austin Butler. Mr. Austin Butler, uh, this, it's time, man. The deep dive. Look, we ha- I, I've been wanting to do this for a while. It's so good to see you. I'm so happy for everything happening in your life. Um, Thank you. We go way back. I think back to being in my early 20s doing interviews with you, and I'm, I've been such a huge fan of yours. I always love talking to you. Thanks, buddy. It's, it's fun. I always say it's really fun. One of the benefits of sticking around is to go on the journey with folks at different parts of their career and to see you. I remember seeing you at Sundance with Yoga Hosers. I remember seeing you at Comic-Con with Shannara um, and all exciting projects in their own way. But then to see like this is what you're digging into right now. This is the juicy stuff. This is this is what it's all about, man. So I hope you're I know you're busy, but I hope you're taking a moment to enjoy this this crazy ride you're on right now. Yeah, I, I am. I feel so grateful. I really, really do. I um, yeah. I mean, I just came from set right now, hence my just trying to keep warm in my freezing cold house in Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> but I uh, yeah, it's 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 been such a cool time right now. So we're we're gonna dig into to a bunch, a lot of Elvis, but some other stuff too. You're you're right now though. I do want to mention you are taking some time out from your busy schedule shooting a, a film. I'm very excited about um, Jeff Nichols. I am all in for Take Shelter, Mud, Midnight Special, all of it. Uh, not to mention this cast, man. Can we can we can we rattle them off for a second? Oh. Jody Comer, yeah. Norman Reedus, yeah. Tom Frickin Hardy, yeah. And my spirit animal, I don't know if he started because I know he's doing a play here, Michael Shannon, right? Michael Shannon, yeah. He's the other night I was watching him act and Tom turned to me afterwards and he just said it doesn't get any better than that. It was it was just I felt so privileged to just get to he had this two-page monologue and I just we were just sitting around just watching him. And it was it, you know when you watch close-up magic and you can't see where the seams are. That's how it feels when you watch him. It doesn't feel like you're watching acting at all. It's just a master class. It's so awesome. So can can you hint a little bit about what this is? Have you just started? Like this is as oh, the I title. Wrap, in- I wrap this next week. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So so Mike's already finished. Um, Tom finished last week. And and uh, yes, yeah, so we're, we're almost where the finish line is in sight. Um, but it's based off... There, there's this wonderful photographer named Danny Lyons who, who um, took photographs of these uh, motorcycle clubs in the 50s and 60s. Um, and uh, and he interviewed them as well. And so it's inspired by their stories and and the amazing photographs that he took. And um, yeah, so that's, that's basically what it is. And do, do you ride? Did you ride before this? I, I rode a bit, but I trained a lot for this. 
Okay. And so, so I, I was, I was trying to train in the midst of doing Dune and uh, yeah. So I, I had a little, uh, you know, I, I, we've got an amazing guy out here named Jeff Melbourne who provides all the motorcycles. And so he and I would just go out and we'd ride for six hours and, um, and just go every day. And, and uh, so we trained a lot. Amazing. We're, riding, we're riding old Harleys as well. So, it's all like 1965 Harley is what I'm is what I'm riding. So they're they got drum brakes rather than disc, disc brakes. So um, so they're they they're it's like trying to stop a train. They just they don't want to stop. So they're they're tricky in, in the beginning. But but the been, the, the skill set that's expanding the last couple of years thanks to this diversity of roles yeah. Yeah. is extraordinary. I mean, we can rattle off all the stuff you had to pick up on and really excel at in Elvis. I can only imagine what Denis put you through to get in shape physically, et cetera, for Dune. Yeah. Now add this. This is, I mean, this is like, this is the fun stuff. This is like why actors do what they do. It's, uh, I, I got to pinch myself every day and just go, this is my job. I get to ride motorcycles all day today. Or I'm, with Quentin, you know, I'm riding horses every day. Yeah. And it gives you an excuse to learn all these things. It's, it's really such a privilege. So, so let's, let's take a second. I, I, I you know, I, I intimated how, much of a kind of a groove you've fallen into the last few years, which is so exciting. The last five filmmakers that you have worked with, and I'm not even talking about the big TV series also that's going to come next year, which sounds amazing too. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, Jim Jarmusch, Baz Luhrmann, uh, Denis Villeneuve, and Jeff Nichols. You might as well like write like my five (laughs) favorite interesting filmmakers working today like it's like you can't write this any better well i guess my question about that beyond just like noting the that that awesomeness is like um it must be really exciting to like give yourself fully to a filmmaker and to have the confidence that you can do that because a lot of actors early in the career they're working with different kind of filmmakers and you must have to like protect yourself to a degree but like everyone i just rattled off like you can feel the confidence that like i can give everything and they're going to take care of me, and they're going to make me look good. Yeah, that's so so true. It's it's um, you know, to have trust when you're on set, and like Baz was saying something the other day about how he feels one of his main jobs is to eliminate fear. You know, fear will always be there when you're on set, but to but to create a space where you're not you're not afraid of the of failing, so you can push yourself right to the edge. And you can, so, I mean, even today with Jeff, you know, we, we try to see in so many different ways and uh, I could trust that at the end of the day, I, I could, I could go f- and just be free and he's, he's got me. So yeah. you're so true about that. And and when you have somebody like Quentin or, or whoever, and they're, they're an amazing writer on top of that, Jeff is such a great writer. So um, then, then you're held by his words as well. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Is there okay? So, so segueing into Elvis, this epic undertaking in all respects. Is there ever? Does that fear ever go away entirely? Um, I mean, yes, Baz is a very comforting, confident, great guy to be around. But you must feel at times like you're out on a limb and just yeah. teetering on the edge of greatness or right. horribleness. I don't know. Do you tell me? Yeah, it's it. I mean, I, I often have to remind myself of that. <laughs> the the intensity of what the fear actually was because it's it was such a huge responsibility and it could have gone so wrong you know there's so many traps to fall in 
there's the tightrope that you're walking of of uh, you know what, wanting to have his soul, but then also somehow managed to find all the meticulous things that that make Elvis Elvis. And um, but if you focus too much on either, then you lose the other. So you gotta walk this fine fine tightrope. And um, and I really, I mean, I truly mean it. I I, I had that feeling of if this doesn't go well, I'll never work again. You know, because because so much faith had been put in me, you know, by Baz and by the studio and by all these people that believed in me. And so those first the, the, I mean, the first couple of weeks on set were were incredibly nerve wracking and it, and it never fully went away. But once you start getting some stuff under your belt that that you feel that you were able to capture something that maybe you didn't expect or um or or you just feel the, the truth of a moment yeah um then then the you end up having a little bit more confidence but i really couldn't sleep the whole time because i was just terrified well i mean that that's that's a very honest and 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 answer that i would expect because i mean what you said is very true like it's and we can laugh about it and smile about it now but if this didn't work i mean like you're you're this you are leading a very big movie and actors don't get a lot of shots at that and if you if this movie doesn't work, box office critically, we don't know if you get another shot like this. To be honest, you could have a great career in many different respects, obviously, but this kind of career you're having right now, probably not. Yeah, it's true. It's so true. It's so true. And it really, but I guess you'd have to just like you can't. That could just destroy you. That could eat you up inside. Yeah, you have it, to let go of that. It can completely cripple you. you yeah. Know? And um, usually for me, it was it was the fear all the way. It was the fear when I woke up in the morning. It was fear when I'm, you know, leading up to any any moment. But once once I was on set and I was able to just live in that, yeah. Then then the fear got transferred into something else. It becomes energy in a different way. And yeah, um, yeah. But it, I mean, I I'm yeah. I, it, it was the time of my life. Like I had I had so much fun, and I look back on it with so much fondness. Uh, but but that type of fear is something I never experienced before. Talk to me a little bit about. Let's talk about Baz because Baz is like no one else, and oh. to be in his world and his orbit is so special. He makes you feel like the most special person in the yeah. world. I, I he was on the podcast recently, and I went over to his townhouse in New York, and just oh, to like yeah. be there That's for a little. I first met him. Is it really? Surprise. Yeah. And as you know, where'd, where'd you do it? Were you upstairs in his office we, space? Upstairs? He gave me the whole tour. I was in his little elevator. He was like running the elevator in this <laughs> cramped space with him. And I'm like, how did my life, I'm sure you had the same experience. Like, how did I get here? What is happening? Yeah. Um, and yes, no, we, I think we did it downstairs in like a screening room. And, um, but it, it, and it feels so of, of a whole of him. Um, talk to me about like the world that he creates, the environment that, that he very uniquely creates. Quentin creates a very unique environment, but Baz is also very unique in many respects. How how would you define the, the Baz Horman experience? It's remarkable because he doesn't have a... There's no real demarcation between his life and art. Right. You know, there, there's, there's this sort of endless poetry of his existence that is amazing to be around. Um, and... So he he really he and and it goes down to even even the space that he created that that was what what we call the dojo, which was my spot where I rehearsed and stuff. And so they had an entire sound stage. And when I showed up in Australia, 
they'd already decorated it. They they made it into, it felt like I was in the sixties. And, uh, and so he just makes it a great, it's, it's just a great vibe everywhere that you go. And, you know, it's, it's not like sometimes you'll shoot and, and then you walk off set and then you, you feel the sort of, um, it's like you're breaking the fourth wall and suddenly you come right. back to this fluorescent lit room or something. But with, with, uh, even, even the space he creates is that way, but, but it's, it's how he lives his life. And I asked him about things like, how do you, how, how do you balance having a life and a family in the midst of wanting to, you know, the obsessive nature with which you create your art? Uh, cause that's been something I've struggled with a lot. You know, it's, um, when you when you obsess to the point that I, I wouldn't talk to my family, I wouldn't talk to you know I I would kind right. of just be so it's all encompassing, and and he said you you've got to bring everybody into your art or they will just fall by the wayside, and so he he does that with his friends, he does it with his family, he does it with um, he's just it, it just you, you end up getting in the orbit of. Yeah. Uh, him in that way which is which is really beautiful it also feels like it's like a world of what's like endless possibility and 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 artistic expression in every way where it's like oh we're gonna hang out tonight is jay-z and leo just gonna like be on the couch when i'm like when i walk into his living living room yeah. i mean that, that probably doesn't that's probably not too far off from reality right like oh no. <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's wild like, he'll he'll tell you stories about you know, he used to have a film club with David Bowie where the two of them would just watch films together and then take their dogs for walks. And um, yeah, I mean, he, he's amazing in that way. But I really, another quality about him is I never, I never heard him say no yeah. on set. It was never, some people will lead with negative reinforcement. He does the complete opposite where no matter who had an idea, he would say, you know what I like about what you're saying? And then he would lead into something that then aligns with the vision that he's having. But, and and he could make you feel like you, your idea was his idea, even right. though now you're going along more so maybe with his vision in that way. But that's what's so beautiful is there's never this quality of anybody feeling like they were going to do the wrong thing. Right. Um, which is, which is wonderful. It's so interesting because look, you lived this for a couple of years and now it's the world's right. Like you have to kind of give it up and, you're always going to have this experience, but it takes on a different life now, doesn't it? Where you're seeing it filtered through the eyes of millions of people coming up to you and, and it's now their experience. Yeah. Yes. Has it, has it changed your perspective on what, what was once must've been felt very intimate and personal mm. and now is a different thing, a beautiful thing, but a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember before it came out, even before I saw the film, why, I sometimes had moments where I thought, did we get it? Did we, you know, I, I remember filming it, but I don't, I don't know what the movie is really. And then when I saw it and then suddenly the world saw it, um, it, it was such an intimate thing. And we were also there in Australia when, when the pandemic hit yeah. and I stayed in Australia that whole time. And so it was this, it was this world that we created. And then, and then suddenly now it's it's a it's a thing that people can you know hold on to as their own and um i'm just i, I i've just been um so moved by how there's there's you know there's an 8 year old kid that i see who's 
watched it 17 times and he's he's wearing the jumpsuit or there's a, an 80 year old woman that I meet who was a huge Elvis fan and now yeah. she wants to give me a hug because she feels a connection in that way and um it, I, I just feel really blessed to be uh sort of included in Elvis's legacy in that way and, and not to mention and I know you're a big movie buff and I want to talk about our, our interests and where they coincide or, or not but like I was looking at like the top box office of the year and the top of the top, the, there's only one movie in the top 12 U.S. box office that is not, and I love comic book movies, don't get me wrong, but it's mm-hmm. not based on existing IP, a sequel, Pixar or something, and that's Elvis. And wow. That's amazing. I didn't know that. It, it's, it's proof that there is an audience still for a big swing of an adult drama that can still play to different audiences, as you just said. But I mean. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, are you are you now forever forbidden from doing Elvis at karaoke? Do you have to like (laughs) your friends say, Austin, sorry. I yeah, I I I don't really I don't do karaoke anyway, really. I get very shy in that way. But uh, I I think I sort of. Yeah, I I, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe in like 20 years or something like that, I could whip it up. But I think it's too soon. All right, guys, let's talk about security, specifically VPNs. Our sponsor this week is NordVPN. By now, I hope you guys know what a VPN is. It's, of course, a virtual private network. It's a service that protects your internet connection and privacy online. It creates an encrypted tunnel for your data, protects your online identity by hiding your IP address and allows you to use public Wi-Fi hotspots safely. So NordVPN is the one to use because it's so easy to use. You can connect with one click or even enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. Plus, they've got over 5,200 servers and 59 countries. It's got amazing speeds. It's actually been confirmed by speed test. NordVPN is the fastest VPN out there. You can use six devices on it on every major platform. I like it also because you can get movies, streaming, other content anywhere, everywhere. Don't miss your favorite content from home when traveling abroad. It just takes a click. You open the map, you click on a location, and you'll be connected in seconds. It's that easy. You can find services at a lower price, a platform maybe that isn't available in your home country. Simply change your virtual connection. The good news for you guys is we've got an exclusive NordVPN deal for you guys by going to nordvpn.com slash happy sad to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan, plus four additional months for free. That's four additional months for free, guys. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. The link, of course, is in the episode description, but go over to nordvpn.com slash happy sad, and remember to get your discount now. You had the luxury of being able to kind of bury your head in the work, right? Since yeah. all this has happened, so oh, I'm, so I'm curious. Like, look, and I, I'm allowed to say this because I I have a different vantage point, and I've seen this happen, man. I've seen this with different actors where, and I would count. I saw it happen with Pattinson. I saw it happen with your buddy Timmy Chalamet, where there is an energy around an actor where it is not. It, it, it's just I don't even know how to define it. But I'm seeing that. I'm feeling that for you. And I'm just curious, like you're in the eye of the storm. And look, you're in the eye of the storm. That's like a a house in Cincinnati. So it's not like you're walking in the middle of New York or L.A. So I guess I'm just curious, like, do you still have a sense of what I'm talking about, of like the energy that has shifted around you even these last few months? Or are you just so in the work that it's like 
that sounds cool, Josh, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. Well, I, I feel it in, in pockets, you know, I, I, I felt it, uh, you know, I, I feel it at Q and A's or that sort of thing. Right. I, I really haven't, I've just been working. So I, I've, it's kind of been glorious. Cause I just, I just, I'm on set and I, and, and then I've got something that I'm really focused on. It's probably healthier this way, frankly, just yeah. to like in this period of time, right. You want to enjoy it's, it, but you don't want it to humble your head. Acting is that way where you're only as good as you are in that scene. So you've got to just put your nose to the grindstone and just work as hard as you can. So it's, it's keeping me from any, you know, from ever, you know, kind of getting caught up in that. Yeah. Um, but, but it is, I, I've been surprised actually, like in Budapest when I was there, there, there's these really sweet people outside the hotel every day that were, you know, they're in Budapest and they <laughs> had seen the film 30 times or something, you know, and that, that was actually surprising to me. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um, or here in Cincinnati, the same thing. And so, so kind of just seeing how, uh, that's, that's where I've seen it. I haven't yeah. spent much time. Uh, elsewhere but you I'm did, take I, some time after, uh, after this so you know. I hope you do yeah I know you, I, you you did pop up I think at the governor's awards which is like the place yeah. where like everybody comes out was yeah. that did you get to meet any I mean look you've been you've been celebrity adjacent for many years you know folks you've been around but yeah. like what did you meet anybody that night that blew your mind that was that said well, complimentary Robert, things Robert Downey Jr uh we, we actually I mean there was pictures that we we took together uh but he yeah, he came up to me before we were sort of waiting in the line to get on the carpet and he came up and said really nice things. And I'm I'm such a huge fan of his work and uh and so it was that was really surreal and um I got to meet his wonderful wife and and then we we um and then we were on the carpet and he and he he kind of stepped where the photographers were and he said he said, Let me see how Butler does it. And so I did some poses and then I said, Okay, Downey, let me see how you do it. And I watched him do his and and then he said, "Get in here. Let's let's give him our best blue steel." And so then we did our blue steel pose, and we did that. <laughs> that, that was these are the moments that are very surreal to me. Amazing. So yes. wait, what is your blue steel? Do you have a default look for? I don't know. I, yeah, just you know, I don't know. Just just try to think what would what would Zoolander do? It's <laughs> a good default in life. <laughs> That's usually what I do on the carpet. Amazing. Um, his by the way, the new doc he just did about his dad is amazing. If you haven't checked oh, it out, it's it just dropped on Netflix. You sh- it's amazing, amazing. Okay. I I heard great things about that. I can't wait to watch it. So let's talk a little about movies. Growing up, what who helped define what you loved about acting or filmmaking? Do you remember? Did you have a was it your mom who I know you were very close with? Was it uh, a friend or a sibling? How did you kind of define your own taste early it was on? My, it was my dad. Really? Yeah, and then I had people when I got into acting who were mentors to me, older people that that I was around that that turned me on to certain films. But my dad was a huge classic movie fan. I mean, he still is. And uh, and you know, I've talked about how we always had Turner Classic Movies on. It was right. The, the, I was thinking about it the other day. The first movie I ever, the, my my, I have a vivid memory of being. I must have been like four or five years old, laying on my dad's chest. Like he was like asleep on the couch and I was, I was laying there like sort of laying sideways and watching the good, the bad and the ugly. And that was the first film I ever remember seeing. Um, so it was that. And then, and then it was a lot of like, my dad loved De Niro. So it was, it was watching Taxi Driver and Mean Streets and, 
King of Comedy and Raging Bull and all of that. And and then East of Eden was was really impactful to me and Rebel Without a Cause. And um so a lot of a lot of those classic films on the waterfront and it's always important to see, like, because some of the things you said, it's like, wait, should a kid be watching it? But it's always important to see it, like, two or three years before you actually should be watching yeah, it, I yeah. feel like. That sweet spot. Yeah, totally. Yeah, It's that's, like, that's opens your eyes to a bigger Pulp world. Like, was for me. I, I, was, I was too young to probably be seeing Pulp Fiction, but I was 11 or something like that. And right. I just became obsessed with the writing. I printed out the script. and Totally. Yeah. Were you what about a genre kind of stuff? Look, you just finished Dune and, and I'll pick your brain about that. But like, were you into comic books or or superheroes or Star Wars or all that or not really? I, I mean, when I was a kid, I, I I remember one birthday I had a Spider-Man birthday cake. So I, I liked I liked Spider-Man and I, I you know I liked I liked comic books, but I never read comic books. Right. And I, I didn't really grow up watching I wasn't a big comic book watcher you know right. but i always enjoy them when i when i see them I, I know you've talked about as with many young actors um they put up books like de niro but for the next generation it was it was dicaprio and the yeah. way he carried himself and the choices he made etc everything about it the, the the acting but also the way he create crafted a career yeah. um did was I guess when did you guys because you've connected obviously thanks through Quentin etc is he somebody that you can lean on can in this very pivotal time in your career that you can kind of pick the brain of yeah I mean he I'll just say like the when I was when I was you know starting around 14 and I'm acting Leo was the guy he was the guy that I looked at and I just thought he's done this flawlessly to, to be able to transition you know, in, in making Gilbert Grape and Basketball Diaries and then moving forward and Romeo and Juliet and all the films that he's just, you see how much work he puts into everything that he does. Yep. And he never, it's its as though he never takes his foot off the gas. He gives it 100% every time. I respect that so much about him. And it was learning that he, you know, around the time of Aviator, he started working with this acting coach, Larry Moss. And so when I was... 15 I wrote Larry a letter and I said yeah I would I would do anything to work with you and and it was it was a couple of years later I did a play in LA and I, I I finally got to work with Larry for the first time and um but Leo's been you know it's been I've had a lot of really special moments now like like the night that I saw Elvis for the first time he he was there and and uh and he sort of snuck in in the back and then and then we got to see each other afterward and and we and we just talked for for a long we, we talked for a long while and and um, yeah it's moments like that that you know to be able to to pick his brain and yeah. he's he's just he's very generous and he's he's also he's he's somehow I I mean I, I I'm so impressed with it. he's he's remained very humble and and knows how how uh, lucky we are. Right. You know, I mean, that's that's something he told me one night. We're 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 so lucky in this industry just to get an inch, yeah. and and so we are so fortunate and never lose sight of that. And uh, and so that that type of thing, you know, I think that's what gives you long uh, longevity in that way because then you don't take it for granted. Well, and he knows like you do because he he's been acting his entire life. And he had he was the, the the kid star on the sitcom and everything, and that's a path, and it's fine, it's great, it can be rewarding in its own way. And I'm sure the stuff on Nick and Disney you enjoyed, and you wouldn't trade that in. No. But 
not a lot of people are able to make that transition. And it's, it's just like, and it seems from the outside looking in, the pivot point for you, and it's a really admirable thing that you did. I mean, look, on paper, it looks like, why wouldn't you do that? But a lot of actors wouldn't, mm. is working on Iceman Cometh. Mm-hmm. And going and 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 making a point of like trying to do theater, trying to do Broadway, and taking on something like that, um, does that in retrospect feel like maybe the biggest pivot point in the career? Hundred percent. That that changed everything for me. It changed it internally and externally. You know, in, in other people's minds, but kind of the most valuable thing was proving to myself. Yeah. Um, because the way that I. I sort of didn't, you know, I, I, in the same way with Elvis, I had something that was in front of me and, and I, some an acting teacher told me years ago, they, they said, Eugene O'Neill, I, I mean, especially the Iceman Cometh is like the Everest of theater. And I mean, it's a four hour play. We had three intermissions. It, it's, yeah. it's, it really, it's uh, the, the subject matter, the, the amount of text that you have with it. And so I, I, I just saw it as this incredible challenge. And um, and so it was proven to myself that, but then then it was getting to be in the rehearsal room with Denzel and just see how he works. And I mean, he's my hero and, and he's just so incredibly hardworking and, um, and doesn't rest on his laurels and doesn't rest on if the last night went very well for a certain reason, he doesn't try to recreate it. He's newly alive that night. Right. And uh, there's so many of those things that I learned from him and, and, and just, you really, I, I, I know that I'll, I'll go back to theater. It really is where you, where you learn, you yeah. know, because, because you, you keep digging deeper every night and, uh, and you'll have a night where it really doesn't work and, and you got to go back home and, and, and it's so humbling. And then you go, okay, how, how can I see this scene differently? How can I right. dig deeper into the truth of this? And, um, so it was that, but, but then it was also during that time is when I got the audition for a Quentin's film. Right. And, uh, and so I, I flew back on my one day off to go meet with him and, and I wasn't then an LA actor. I was the guy who was on Broadway with yes. Denzel coming, flying back on my day off to meet with him. So even just perception wise, it, that shifts things. Um, but also, you know, I didn't know what part I was auditioning for when I showed up to meet him and I hadn't seen any material. And, uh, but when he hands it to you and you're doing eight hours uh, on stage on Saturday, you know, uh, it kind of, it's like lifting weights all day and then, or working out with a weight vest and then you take it off and it makes everything else a little smoother. I mean, look, it's, 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 it's hard to pop off a screen when you have the likes of like, you know, Brad Pitt and Leo on it, but you make more than an impression in that film as text in your few scenes. Um, he shot a lot of that movie. Like, is it was there was there a lot more that you shot? Were there other scenes of text, or was that basically what we saw in the finished film? Yeah, we we shot a lot more in the car. You know, the the car scene was was. I'm trying to remember now what other stuff we shot. He did shoot a lot more uh, of other things and. But particularly the car, I remember there was there was things that I loved that we got to do. But I, you know that that was also my first time shooting on film, and so being in the car and hearing the 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 sort of purr of the film, and yeah, uh, and and Quentin doesn't watch on a monitor, so he's right there just watching you, and 
uh, it was so it was so special. No cell phones allowed, right? The cell whole phones. thing. Yeah, give them, you give them up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, what's the mantra? Like, why do we do this? Because we love making love movies. Making movies. <laughs> <laughs> How great is that? So great. It's so true. It's so true. It's a good reminder. It's so true. When I last spoke to you, you were about to shoot Dune. And I and I think Timmy and everybody, I think they just wrapped. I think the last day was, I think, today or yesterday. Amazing. It's, it's, so this movie exists or it will exist. I couldn't, I could not be more excited for you. Um, so excited. So look, I, I'm not going to try to get like the spoilery stuff, but just in general terms. First, can you just tell me like how it happened? Like, did you, did you have to audition or, or did... Um. Uh, you know, miraculously, no. I, I, uh, I just uh, Denis was in town. I was in LA at the time, and and uh, and Denis just asked to meet for coffee, and so we met. We met for coffee, and and we really hit it off, and we uh, we just talked a lot about how we like to work, you know, and and um, we talked about the, you know, the the part and how I, I would approach it and that sort of thing, and um, and then he said, you know. I'm going to dream on this. And then, and then he called me a week later and he said, I, I would love for you to join me on Arrakis. Um, so that was, uh, that's yeah, a good moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, can you say anything about what the prep was? Like what the approach was to a character like fate is a, it's kind of a son of a bitch, man. That guy's uh he's a tough, tough cookie, yeah. cunning he's counterpoint to Paul in many respects. Yeah. I mean, I, um, how much am I allowed to say? <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I, I will say I, I, I trained, I trained a lot for four months, both, both just to get my, just kind of for whatever may be thrown at me, you know, uh, you know, just to get my, my body into a place where I could be a sort of physically imposing presence. Um, and, uh, and then and then trained a lot in Budapest as well. Once once we kind of knew more of what was going on and um, and yeah, I don't know how much more I'm allowed to say. But we haven't seen the look of it yet. Um, are we going to be? Or do you like the look that uh, you arrived at for this character? I I, I think it's it's going to be yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, one last thing. Let me ask you this: Just working with Timothy, I'm just curious. Oh, who's man. so freaking talented? I I adore that guy. Yeah. I don't know if you knew him prior to this. Yeah, no, no we ne we never met before, and um, I we bonded immediately. I, I really love him a lot, and uh, I I've been a huge fan of his work, and then and then you know getting to be out there and. There, there weren't a lot of people our age necessarily, and so, uh, so we, we stuck together, and um, yeah, he feels like a brother now, and, and uh, we had, he, he's, he's a, he's amazing. I, I really enjoyed my time with him. Amazing. Well, fair warning. I'm going to be pestering you with questions the next year every yeah. time I see you. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk, and and then I'll, I'll keep finding out more and more. Little, little just, drips and drabs you can give. I'll just give you a little bit each time. Little bit. <laughs> Just tease you a bit. <laughs> I can take it. Um, can you, uh, Leo, we've been talking about Leo, and Timmy said this, that the, the advice that Leo gave him was no superheroes and no hard drugs. <laughs> <laughs> it's good advice. Yeah. It's, hey, 
Good. Did he give you the same advice? And where are you? Where are you at? On, I'm not going to ask about the drugs. I mean, that's a no brainer. But the uh, <laughs> but superheroes is that like? I mean, he found a path where he didn't have to do it. He found his yeah, own path. He really did. And and you know, I'm sure there's a there's a, a way. Um, you know, I, I thought what Pattinson did with with the Batman was, I I, I thought he was fantastic. And um, and there's there's many elegant exciting ways of doing that yeah um i'm i'm really just i'm driven by filmmakers and by characters you know so yeah. uh yeah that's that's what's that's what's driving me right now is there look we rattled off the recent filmmakers you've worked with is there i don't know who who have you been obsessed with in recent years like who's is it the same short list everybody would have like who yeah if, i mean paul thomas anderson's the top yeah. of the list for me you know i just that would be my dream um i adore him uh magnolia i've seen probably more than any magnolia uh, is epic punch drunk love you know you just had adam on and, and you know i've i've i got to meet him recently and we've been seeing each other around and yeah i'd sort of had a fanboy moment with him because punch drunk loves one of my favorite movies of all time so i was just talking to him that. about that the scenes with him on the phone with philip seymour hoffman and he oh somehow, God. Phil, who's, of course, like one of the five greatest actors of the last hundred years, and somehow Adam is like almost out acting Phil in those scenes and is just meeting him. It's just remarkable. remarkable. He's so good in that movie. Yeah. 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 I mean, I could go on and on about PTA. Um, yeah. But I, I have you met him yet or has he have you crossed paths? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've met him and, and he's so lovely. And um, I met him because Gary Getzman, who did Masters of the Air, Right, uh, the, it's the inspiration it's for inspiration for yeah, like you're crazy. <laughs> uh, so so uh, so I, I was very fortunate to get to to meet him through through Gary. But um, yeah, I, you know what else I, I just saw the other day was Triangle of Sadness. And oh, it's on my list. That's on my pile over here. I need to watch it. Yeah, what Ruben Oslin is doing. I'm just obsessed with him. It's so good. Um. You got to tell me, yeah, like, I, I will. text me afterwards. Let me know what you think. I'm really curious to pick your brain about that one. I will. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Um, so you're, I'm always fascinated. Look, I'm, I'm catching you in the middle of the shoot. Like, what do you, what is life like now? I know you're towards the end of it. But, like, if I wasn't talking to you, would you just be going straight to bed? Like, would you turn on a movie? Like, how do you, and I guess it's different on each project, but, like, what keeps you going in the middle of a shoot what do you like during a shoot you're talking about like how you weren't so great with like figuring out family and everything like can you have friends and family in your life when you're shooting or is that just off limits at this point in your life i i have a hard i have a hard time so i have to i have to make it a conscious thing yeah it's got to be it's it's like i've got to create a structure where on my day off you know right now we're shooting six day weeks yeah. so so tomorrow's my day off so i've got certain people that are at the top of my list of family and friends and even if it's just sending a text usually i'll facetime them. um that type of thing keeps me grounded in that uh i i do watch a lot of films you know and i find i'll go through periods where i don't because i i'm only focusing on the script and on on maybe something that's that's purely for inspiration for a particular scene or something but every time that i and right now i'm in a period where i'm watching a lot of films and I just get so inspired by it because yeah. it reminds you of why you do what you do. And, um, cause you know, it, it can, 
especially right now like i've been flying back to la every weekend and uh you know and on those flights loading up on yeah. the on the flights catching up on everything just just to impress and then and then i fly back yeah. so i usually try to sleep on the flight but i um but it's it's that thing where you you can get exhausted you know you you kind of burn the candle at both ends and yeah. but every time i watch a film then i'm 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 pumped up and i'm i'm really excited and yeah. just love watching movies so uh, I'll let you go on this. We were talking about fear early on. Um, I don't know if there's fear involved, but you're going to be hosting Saturday Night Live soon, man. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much fear. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I picked a lot of people's brains about it already. You know, I, I when I was trying to decide if I was actually going to say yes to it, I, because it, it, it just felt so much easier to just go, no, no, right. you know. I, but I watched SNL with my mom almost every week when I was a kid, it is, it's such a, I feel so, uh, I don't know, just honored and, and, and kind of amazed that, that I'm even in that space. And, uh, but I've, I've loved it for so long. So I asked the first, one of the first people I asked was, I mean, I asked Timmy about it and then I asked Christopher Walken and, and Chris, Chris just told me you got to do it. And so, yeah. wait, how do you know Chris? Oh, Chris Malkin's the emperor. Yeah, oh my God, yeah, he's the yeah. emperor. He, he's loved it. Yeah. he said more cowbell. Just give him more cowbell. Cowbell. And uh, yeah. So I, um, yeah. So I eventually, yeah. Now, now, once I sort of uh, committed to that, then I've just been so excited. And we got the yeah, yeah, yes. I'm a huge fan of theirs. Yeah. And, uh, I'm ready to just. It's it, you know. I was so shy when I was younger and I still am, but now I just have tools to, to sort of deal with it. But I would break out of my shell when I would make my grandma laugh or my mom laugh and just do silly voices and faces and just uh, some kind of like, it's, it's, you know, it's going back to that. I feel like it's going to be like one of those like Adam driver moments where like, we've never seen this side <laughs> of an actor before. I can't wait. Just give yourself over to it. Enjoy it. Like we yeah. said, like the bottom line is you're super talented. And look, if you can pull off four hours a night doing Eugene O'Neill, you can handle 90 minutes of SNL. You'll be, you'll be good. Yeah. It'll be fine. It'll it's going to be amazing. Um, again, man, I, I really appreciate it. I know like you, you're, you're a busy dude and I really appreciate you making the time, but this was one I was so excited for you. You're, you're so amazing in this movie man i'm so happy for you and and like i said it's just like i feel like my my my, my faith was validated i was like that guy has something and then here we are so <laughs> thanks buddy you're a good friend and, and i really love talking to you always and so ends another edition of happy sad confused remember to review rate and subscribe to this show on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts i'm a big podcast person I'm Daisy Ridley and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>